There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel straight out of a movie. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab for Season 3 of Jewish History Nerds, a new season of intrigue, mystical realms, and bloody battles. Jewish History Nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing, yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that shines a light on the ups and downs of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're talking about one of the most despised taxes in human history one that forced people to pay for the right to light and air within their own homes. The day was July 24th, 1851. Great Britain's wildly unpopular window tax was finally repealed after 156 years on the books. The way the tax was assessed and collected changed a great deal during that time, but the basic premise remained the same throughout. The more windows a house had, the more tax the owner had to pay. Not long after the tax was first imposed, people realized they could avoid paying by bricking up some of their windows. That unfortunate trend proved to be the tax's downfall, as the lack of windows not only reduced the amount of revenue the tax raised, it also led to widespread health and safety concerns. Numerous public campaigns called for the abolishment of the window tax, and on July 24, 1851, they finally got their wish. The idea of taxing windows sounds like a joke when you first hear it, but when it was introduced in 1696, the tax was a fairly ingenious solution to several ongoing problems, at least on paper. The trouble was, the British government needed to impose a tax of some kind in order to fill its coffers. But whatever they taxed, it had to be something that increased with wealth so that poor citizens wouldn't have to pay more than their fair share. A tax on income would have been the obvious answer, but public sentiment wouldn't allow it. At the time, it was considered too intrusive to require citizens to disclose their personal income to the government. Parliament's solution was to institute a tax on hearths, or fireplaces, 
with the rationale being that wealthier citizens would own larger homes with more fireplaces. Unfortunately, the hearth tax also proved too intrusive, since tax inspectors had to enter each property to count the number of hearths inside. The ensuing controversy forced the government to start all over, except this time they had to find a tax based on something that increased with wealth and that could be observed from afar. And as you've probably figured out, the answer to that conundrum was windows. The window tax was first implemented in Britain in 1696, the same year the hated hearth tax was repealed. Houses with a smaller number of windows, initially 10, were subject to an annual house tax of two shillings, but were exempt from paying the window tax. Houses with more than 10 windows were charged a higher rate, which increased with the number of windows. Six shillings if they had between 10 and 20, and 10 shillings for those with more than 20. And for reference, two shillings in 1696 would be worth about 15 pounds or 19 dollars today. A group of government-sanctioned window peepers would determine how much each house owed by counting its windows from the street. And just like with fireplaces, the larger a home was, the more windows it tended to have and the wealthier its occupants were assumed to be. It was a sound premise in theory, but things weren't so straightforward in practice. One problem was that the legislation didn't include a definition for what qualified as a taxable window. That ambiguity led to all kinds of discrepancies, with some people being charged for any small openings in their exterior walls, including vents, grates, or even missing bricks. Another issue was that the tax's proxy for wealth, number of windows, proved to be unreliable in some cases. For example, a house in a rural area may have had more windows than a house in London, but the owner of the country house was likely to be much poorer than the owner of the house in the city. The window tax was clearly unfair to some members of the rural poor, but it placed an even greater burden on the poor who lived in towns and cities. Most working-class citizens didn't live in single-family homes, but in large tenement buildings, with multiple flats or apartments on each floor. But no matter how many separate dwellings one of those buildings had, it was still considered to be a single house under the terms of the window tax. The good news was that the landlord, as the building's owner, was the one responsible for paying the high tax for all those windows. The bad news was that many landlords realized they could greatly reduce the amount they owed by bricking up some or all of their tenants' windows. The same principle was also applied to new construction, as new houses were built with far fewer windows than they would have been before the tax was imposed. Of course, those extreme measures didn't stop landlords from raising their tenants' rents as well, another effort to offset the cost of the window tax. But as unfair as that practice was, the lack of air and light in the tenants' apartments was far more dire. The dark, damp conditions created by the inadequate light and ventilation placed residents at greater risk of epidemics of typhus, smallpox, and cholera. The lack of light also led to vitamin deficiencies, which stunted the growth of young residents, a condition which the French came to call the British sickness. The harmful effects of the window tax were well documented by the early 18th century, and the problem only worsened as the Industrial Revolution went on. 
British cities grew more crowded every year, eventually prompting some medical professionals to speak out on the dangers of mass housing with too few windows. One such crusader was Dr. D.B. Reed, who in 1845 published a sanitary report on the city of Sunderland. According to Reed, the city's health committee witnessed, quote, the very evil effect and operation of the window tax, and they do not hesitate to declare that it is their unanimous opinion that the blocking up of the numerous windows caused by the anxiety of their owners to escape the payment of the tax has, in very many instances, greatly aggravated and has even, in some cases, been the primary cause of much sickness and mortality. Not long after that report was published, author Charles Dickens joined the fight as well. In 1850, he noted the many problems with the tax, saying, quote, The adage, free as air, has become obsolete by act of Parliament. Neither air nor light have been free since the imposition of the window tax. We are obliged to pay for what nature lavishly supplies to all, at so much per window per year and the poor who cannot afford the expense are stinted in two of the most urgent necessities of life. It was around the same time that the term daylight robbery is thought to have been coined, as the window tax began to be seen not only as a tax on health, but as a tax on the very light of heaven. The campaign against the tax continued into the 19th century, but the law remained on the books despite public objection. Parliament heard a motion to repeal it in April of 1850, but it failed by three votes. Still, the close call emboldened the opposition, and the push to repeal it ramped up in the following year. Finally, on July 24, 1851, Britain repealed the dreaded window tax and replaced it with a far less egregious house tax. That said, the legacy of the window tax can still be seen today. Many historic buildings across Britain still have bricked-up windows, as do houses in other countries that once followed England's lead, including Scotland and France. The covered openings are little more than a curiosity to most passers-by, but for those who know their history, the sight of them evokes a mix of pity and gratitude for the people who once endured those conditions and then fought to ensure that no one else would. I'm Gabe Lussier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions you'd like to share, you can always send them my way by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays and Ben Hackett for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.